Yo, it is Wednesday, Troublemakers, Wednesday. And when Mark McCarthy says on social media that we replaced ESPN's first take for him with this show, I know we just gotta bring the heat, man. That's a high bar. Dude, that is a high bar. He sent me that message and I was, it was 10 o'clock at night and I was like, hit the floor. I was like, okay. We're gonna post that up. We're gonna post that up on our LinkedIn. But, like, look, it is really cool to know that the energy that we're trying to bring this morning and the information is valuable to oh, people's day. <laughs> it's so good. And here's the thing. We put our heart and soul into it. Like, we, really do. we wake up. We start sharing articles. We start sharing stuff right in the morning. We take stuff from the previous day, and we just pack in as much energy, as much information, as much, like, thoughts and and ideas to kind of like it's a get thing. your day going and we just want it to be that for so many people and it's so, a thing good morning melvin good, good morning colby good to, good to see you here popping in on the live streams uh i didn't get to talk about what we're talking about today but today we're talking about the ev truck race we're talking about retail spending and how it's kind of like little grinding to a halt there uh coinbase had a couple layoffs right Oof. and the last story is what I'm most excited to talk about for you, Kyle. The MLS is going to be on Apple. Y'all better just give me a whole nother We're, we're going to end on that one. one. We're going to end on that one because <laughs> when we're curating the day shows, really, we do try. There's a lot of, like, downer news to talk about these days. Right. And, oh, like, no one yeah. wants to show up to hear about the, the downer things, right? So maybe if we talk about the bad news in a good way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a little. For all of you Robin Hood men and tights fans out there, you'll yes. know exactly what I'm talking about. But, no, I mean, we have to talk about the real news. But at the same time, um, we get to talk about some fun stuff. So we always try to, like, bring a little balance to the force in the morning yeah. show. Um, yeah. But so before we talk about that, we got we to gotta talk about a Sodukan for just a second. Because just, we, can't, we can't talk about it who yet. But we locked a presenting sponsor yesterday, and we couldn't. Collaborator, Paul. Collaborator. Oh, Still, Come on, man. Old man. habits, man. How many? We've had 178 <laughs> sales calls where we told everyone that sponsors are now collaborators. Right. And I and say Paul's sponsor. like, we got a sponsor. No, we got a collaborator. And uh, I'm really excited because ev this is what's cool. We get around the table with so many people, industry partners, and they're like, yeah, that's, a, that's actually what I want to do. They are tired of the like, just put my name on a banner. There's something active about the way that brands want to be recognized. And I think that that dealers are also acting in that way. They're not Without like, we just want transactions. We want to be recognized as something that you remember. And uh, so for us to kind of give that to the industry, hopefully, and give some of that impetus, we're really excited about So that. we have we have a presenting collaborator that is... Uh, you know, we're in the final stage of just locking in some details. We have a bunch of other collaborators that have already signed up. And we have some really fun and incredible activations from our collaborators into this event. It is going to be anything but normal, anything but standard. We're starting to release some information about the venue. Uh, we're going to release some videos really soon where we're going to do walkthroughs of all the rooms we're going to be. And so um, if you haven't yet, unfortunately, if you're an industry partner and you're not uh, an event collaborator slash sponsor, um, tickets are very, very limited because we only have 600 seats, 400 of them automatically allocated to dealers. And so uh, we have 50 industry partner tickets going that are going to be available. The only ones that will be available are going to go to our pre-signup list, which already has more, a lot more than 50 people on it. So if you want to be in the running for one of the industry partner tickets and get a spot where you can buy a ticket as an industry partner, go to a so2con.com 
and sign up on the pre-registry list. And we said this yesterday, we'll say it again. If you have the PO app, if you know what that is, that was an NFT that we issued on our year-end extravaganza in December. We said, we're gonna have some utility into it. We know this is one of them. If you have the PO app and you're on that pre-sign-up list, you automatically are going to have the ability to buy a ticket. So um, there's, a, there's a little bit of a insider thing that's gonna happen. So go to asotocon.com, sign up for the pre-registered list. Even if you're a dealer, you'll be the first to know about everything that's coming out. And we have so much more to announce and we're like three so months much. away. Three Oof. months. We realized that yesterday. We were on a call. We were like, less than three months. Let's go. Ooh, All right, we got some news to let's get into. Let's talk about news. Talk about news. Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So uh cybertrucks paul tell us a little bit about there's a whole bunch happening in the uh, cybertruck so the cybertruck cybertruck was the first ev truck to be announced if you remember it feels like forever ago at this point and um it was like look at this weird looking thing wow that looks amazing oh and actually oh an ev truck would be able to tow this much do this much right and then it kind of went into this big hiatus where it's just like oh it's delayed 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 covid delayed delayed now they're saying that they're expecting it in q3 or q4 of 2023 so it's not this year. You, you have more than a year to wait, which means that traditional OEMs, I know I hate calling them traditional OEMs, but you just know what we mean when we say it. We have all these other EV trucks that now have beat it or will beat it to the market, which provides a great opportunity for just EV truck makers, right? So we have the Ford yeah. Lightning. We have the EV Hummer that's rolling around. That thing's cheap too. Like I, could, I should buy two of those. I wonder how many Chevy Bolts the EV Hummer costs a lot. Um, <laughs> the Rivian R1T, um, they're already out. And then coming soon, spring of 2023, the electric Silverado and the GMC Sierra. And uh, then maybe the Cybertruck. So um, I think it's, a, it's, it's an interesting way. We never would have predicted this 24 months ago. No, you wouldn't have. And I, what I really think is interesting is some of these new OEMs that are coming into the market are recognizing just how, how hard it is to scale manufacturing, Right. And do it, you know, you think about the number and types of factories that GM or Ford have on hand to produce the 20 plus models that they currently have in their inventory and the minimal level of retooling that it's going to take to go from ice truck to EV truck mm -hmm. instead of like, oh, Tesla, we need to build a whole manufacturing process to get this vehicle out. Like, it's not like you can, you know. Well, granted, it's they, much did, they did also say we're going to stamp the body out of one piece of, you that, know, you know that's un, a un, unobtainium. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> Whatever stainless steel. <laughs> right. But still, yeah. But still, your point holds. Yeah, it, it's it's like all of the production, all of the manufacturing, all of the supply chain management, all of the all of the distribution model is just something that, you know, you, you think about kind of taking the cue and then leapfrogging is a real opportunity. And actually, you know what, back to a SOTUCON, we're really excited to uh, most likely have um, Jim McKelvey there at speaking. And, uh, you know, I maybe shouldn't have announced that yet, but uh, even if he's not, uh, the book, The Innovation Stack has really been impactful to us. And this is a place where legacy OEMs, as well as, um, uh, like dealerships have the opportunity to go, let me pull the best from all these worlds, pull it together, and then look at the competition and go, 
great, now I can move forward. We've been talking about this a lot, actually, in the in the idea of like a siloed approach to technology or a multi-conglomeration of technology mm -hmm. that actually allows you to be more impactful in the customer experience. And OEMs are taking that from the EV perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the takeaway for me. Right, it's use as many things as you can that already exist and stack them in a new way. And for OEMs, just there are a lot of things that already exist for them, right? That just aren't yes. available to the other manufacturers. So, you know, I had, uh, there's also a few other things in the article that we linked up, Auto News article, um, you know, some leaked photos of the interior of the Cybertruck that, you know, kind of show a little bit of the center instrument cluster or the, the instrument cluster that we hadn't seen before. And, um, you know, so there's a few links in there in the show notes or in the podcast notes. And, you can uh, definitely bet on the fact that Apple CarPlay 2.0 is definitely a part as part of, of this. That'd be an interesting collab. I don't know. Do they play well together? I guess. Well, yeah. I don't know. I guess that. I, I don't know. Actually, I, I don't know well, enough they, about the Tesla operating. Maybe we have the Tesla phone coming out at the same time as the Tesla truck. Who knows? Good grief! It comes with it. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so, um, Wall Street Journal article today: Economists surveyed by the Wall Street Journal predicting that retail spending growth um, is slowing or will slow to a near stop. And they think the report is coming out today um, and we'll find out what the actual number is. But the prediction is that like it's going to show that retail spending has not has stopped growing. Right. Or is, you know, dropped back to almost like, you know, 0.1 percent or something like right. this. Um, you know, and this is a, a poll really based on a measurement of spending at uh, online, at retail stores, in restaurants. And, um, you know, the report comes out today. So we'll see. We'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, and. and I think just to like clarify, it doesn't mean that consumer spending is stopped. It just means that the growth, growth is stopped. stopping. Right. So it's just leveling out. It's like, okay, we're just continuing as things are because over the past couple of years, we've seen this increase continually of consumer spending, meaning people are are taking those disposable dollars and spending that at a higher rate every single month. And that's slowing to like a, like a leveling off, like a plateau well, essentially. A plateau is one way to think about it. You know how it just visually in my mind as you were kind of doing this with your hand, you know those rides like the Buccaneer ship that you go on and it just yes, swings yeah, yeah. one way and it swings another way. And if you've ever been on that thing, you know what that moment is when you get to the pinnacle and it slows and then it stops. You know what comes after that, right? The other direction. So yes, <laughs> we're either plateauing or we're just at the tip of that thing, and that Buccaneer ship's about to head down the other way. They gave a great example in this Wall Street Journal article. I'm going to read it from there. Um, of of a, a gentleman named Logan Bell, who's 33 years old, works in Chicago as a bartender and substitute teacher. He said he's driving for only essential reasons now, such as commuting to work so he can save money on gas. He said he's watching his spending at the grocery store by cutting down on purchases of red meat and opting for cheaper alternatives such as pork and non-organic chicken. So um, that's just, I thought that was just like a real, like a human element of like, hey, this yeah. guy, this guy is actually, this is how his behaviors are changing, right? Gas is too expensive. The grocery store, he's got to watch his budget when maybe he was just spending more freely before. And I think all those things added up together just indicate, you know, people paying attention. So honestly, at 830. You know, here's, here's what's weird. And, and I'm just going to encourage people on this one, right? Is like the all the reports from like banks, credit cards, all of the places are still saying that there is a high level of disposable income in the market or disposable like like net assets mm -hmm. right yep yet we're seeing consumer spending so i 
at some level, we have the capacity as a culture to flip the script. And I know that our audience is like just this much of a culture, but like we can actually flip the script and and just stop telling, like we, we're telling the story because we want you to be aware, but not fearful of this future. And I just think that uh, I, like there is, there is a, there is a pullback, right? Because you see inflation and you see interest rates, but at the same time, there's still disposable assets that, that are in bank accounts. And so figuring out how to leverage those leverage that communication to make sure that, that you are encouraging spending within businesses is I don't think a bad thing. No, I don't, I don't think so either. And, and you know, the situations across economic scales are very different, right? Sure. And unfortunately, situ- situations like this hit hit, you know, the, the lower income levels, the hardest, sure. the first, right? And then yep. but what we usually see is like, and so it really the question is how deep does it go? Because like you said, the article also does mention, you know, that um, this gentleman has like a nest egg of savings. Funny that you mentioned that. He right. said that like, you never know in case like another COVID-like thing happens, right? So I think it obviously changes people's mentality. Like your grandparents, right? They would save everything. They wouldn't waste anything because they lived through a period where they didn't have a lot, right? So you're just going to see the mindset change. You know, we talked about this yesterday and we're going to keep beating the drum is that the takeaway from stuff like this is that for dealers, like affordability is like just becoming the most important thing when it comes to inventory, right? And the things you can control specifically used car inventory, having the inventory and do what you need to do to get the inventory that actually matches the mentality and the economic status or the economic, at least mindset of the people in your market. No two markets are the same are really going to be something that you can control that in the end will win. All right. So we're going to go from some, 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 I don't know. I'm not going to go bad news. We're just going to go from some news to some other news. (laughs) No Coinbase. We talk about crypto a lot, right? Coinbase laid off a fifth one fifth, 20% or 1100 people Bro. from its workforce. Um, Nuts. And because, because there's, they've scaled. Oh, so I thought, so there's a company memo and I, I, I kind of, I linked it up in here. I couldn't. I got question marks on this one. <laughs> I couldn't link it up, but this, this might change. So, okay. So a CEO, Brian Armstrong said, I take accountability. We scaled too quickly, too aggressively. And now we have to control our expenses if we're going to make it. And I did link up this, this, um, the memo that he sent out because at first glance, you know, they, they actually released this memo and then basically turned off the email accounts of anyone who was going to be let go. And they notified them specifically through their personal email account. And I was like, wow, that's, that's harsh. Right. And then I read this and I thought that it was a really great way to empathetically handle a tough situation, right? Scaled really quickly, all this momentum and frenzy, they got sucked up in it. Now they have to scale back so they can be operationally efficient and weather the storm. And he said, "If I'm gonna read this for a second, because I think it's cool, like it's just a cool lesson. If you're affected, you will receive this notification in your personal email because we made the decision to cut access to Coinbase systems for affected employees. I realize the removal of access will feel sudden and unexpected, and this is not the experience I wanted for you. Given the number of employees who have access to sensitive consumer data, it's unfortunate. it was unfortunately the only practical choice to ensure sure. that not even a single person made a rash decision. And then he goes on to say everyone affected will have a minimum of 14 weeks severance plus an additional two weeks for every year of employment with Coinbase, four months of health benefits and access to Talent Hub to help you find another place. You are all so talented and I know you'll find a great place and we'll do everything we can to help you. Not just access to Talent Hub. 
where members of Coinbase's team will work to connect you with open positions at other firms, including portfolio companies from Coinbase Ventures and other top crypto VC funds. Bingo. So I just- It is the most active you could possibly be. And I get like the data access that a, that a person has at Coinbase, like cutting off that email. If you start to look at it objectively- dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. It only takes Absolutely. one, right? Yep. It only takes one and your headline everywhere and millions of people could be affected. It was really a responsible right. thing. So at first I, I winced a little bit at the headline. And then actually when I read it, I was like, that's actually a pretty, pretty good leadership move. I mean, anyone who's been a leader knows that you have to make decisions, that everyone's not going to agree with right. those decisions. And if you lead with care and empathy, you know, I mean, that, that's sometimes all you can do, right? It, it, it's just the way it is. So um, there you go. We got all that stuff out of there, right? Look, let's talk about let, something. Let me just say, let, okay, let me, let's before you get Put to that, let me just say, because like Brian Benstock, David Spizak, two friends of ours have, have consistently, and this has kind of started to become an, a, a phrase that a lot of automotive is using and a lot of just every, like every business is using is fix the roof while the sun is shining. And I think that like, right now, Coinbase is kind of, a, 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 and other companies are a leading indicator of the clouds coming right in some way right it doesn't matter what it is at minimum interest rates are going up and so there is some cloud in consumer affordability or purchasing behavior right so if like if you haven't started fixing the roof now's a really really good time <laughs> that's what we're trying to say i think i just felt a drizzle you know what it's like the, is it is it raining i think it's raining out and then yeah. someone else is like yeah i felt one too right we're there we are there. That's a exactly. really great. That's a really great point. Um, so, like in in the times of volatility, right? Takeaway: the fundamentals always win. Fundamentals win in volatile times. And uh, hey, we're volatile times if you haven't noticed. All right, the last story. I've been saving it to the end because I knew we were going to need it after all that. Oh man! Uh, I'm going to let you do this one because I just got excited for you because Look, you're a yesterday killer morning. Fan. <laughs> you know, I like all of the social media things that are associated with soccer find their way to the top of my feed 100% no. of the time. It's like, and, and that advances over automotive just because I just, I'm so passionate about it. And yesterday, MLS and Apple announced that Apple acquired the rights to 10 years of exclusive streaming. Now, I'll, I'll give the one issue and then and then all the good. The one issue is they have- uh, we'll Talk about what it back, is. Yeah, they've pulled back on all- local broadcast networks. So, uh, you know, the, there, there is the loss ratio on like local broadcast networks and, 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 and those providers being able to play these games in a local sphere. But I'm just convinced that the experience on Apple and the attention to like the global brand of soccer and bringing it to MLS is just going to be so right. Like, I think they're going to do some cool stuff experientially. The notification network around the whole brand is going to be really cool. And shoot, it really, it, it's a perfect brand match because of the type of fan base that follows soccer typically is a very kind of like innovative, forward thinking, typically younger demographic, especially in America. And I just think that for soccer fans, for MLS, it is absolutely the right move. And look, here's the thing. If you it's this is like locking in a TV partnership for the NFL 15 years ago, right? In like a height of uh, TV viewership growth. 
to be locked in for 10 years is like hedging against so much ad sponsor dollars. It is nuts with the level of growth in soccer right now. So if, well, in case you missed it in the midst of all that passion, <laughs> the, the layman's terms are that if you want to watch a soccer game, you'll be able to watch it in one place with one subscription in the Apple ecosystem for 10 years. Uh, so but wait, quote, there's more. And this is where like businesses have to get <laughs> on this. Billy mic. Mays, we're going to do this. <laughs> businesses have to get this, right? Is they gate Apple is giving access to the streaming service in the Apple app to all season ticket holders. So watch. That's my you favorite Increase part. season ticket holders and you increase subscription services which on both sides increases access to sponsor ad dollars. Sponsor ad dollars, and it just increases the awareness of the brand and the sport in general, right? It's nuts. You think, you think of like, how do you get people to be a soccer fan, right? Because that's where, like, yeah, you can buy the rights for the existing base, but the hedge and like the investment saying like, hey, like 10 years from now, we're still gonna have a lock on this thing, or at least nine <laughs> years from now. But just think of how old your kids are gonna be in 10 years. I know. Dang, my life is going to be way different in 10 years. But one Nuts. thing won't be different. I can watch MLS on Apple, which if my life doesn't change will mean my life doesn't change at all. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, we're gonna get I, you I'm into thinking it. I, I really do have this hunch that like I'm going to like get into get into soccer. I, I just have the feel. I mean, maybe it's because we're together. But I, you said soccer people are my people and I can get that. I can get that. Yeah, yeah. I know we took you on a little bit of a trip today. But that's okay because Wednesdays are good for trips. So go out there, think about these things, but don't panic, right? Just do and control the things you can do and go to asodocon.com and pre-register because we want to see you in September.